Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello! Hello! Hi. Hi! That was a lot of enthusiasm. It is! It is! I just didn't realize how incomplete my life was without new episodes of GH. Like, when it came on, I was in a trance and nothing else mattered. Like, nothing. I couldn't remember anything that happened before. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet and very awesome. And same with me. Like, Brandon was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave you because I, I know you haven't watched in a while. So I'm just going to like go, go to the room and you can watch it. <laughs> oh, you're yes. so, you're so lucky because Johnny works from home and, <laughs> and then I watched it like when it aired. And I mean, he's very much like, oh, I'm working throughout the day. But as soon as GH comes on, here comes 20 questions. Maybe, <laughs> like what's happening with them? Did this happen yet? Do we know? And I, and I looked at him and I'm like, no this is there's gonna be silence and then today it's Friday it's been a week you think you'd get it by now and so so I'm sitting at the table he's there and I'm watching it and then he's again starts with the 20 questions and I look at him I'm like I start gathering my things and I'm like I'm gonna go over there and I just look at the other side of the room to watch without all the questions that's pretty funny happy 100th Happy 100. Yes, we did it. We made it to 100. It's pretty momentous. It is. That's all I have to say about it. It's so (laughs) momentous that you got donuts in your house. Nobody here cares. It's not a, it's not a Quebec type of holiday. (laughs) Yeah. The girls made me cards and she wrote congratulations and she drew a picture of me and you and it was very sweet. Yeah, I'm just going to have some ice cream after <laughs> while I edit. That's that'll be that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> Yay, party I one. I wish I yeah, so sad. I wish I had like sound effects like <laughs> like I don't know what, <laughs> what is I, that? I don't know. What are what are things that people blow and they make noise? Woo! <laughs> I'm done. So, did you see this week's <laughs> So. I did watch, and you know, the funny thing is, when I was watching, it's like I was so, like, you know, I was like glued to the TV, and every time something would happen, like, I must have sounded so sad. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we knew this was going to happen. Oh my God, we talked you, about this. Tell me what we knew. Like, first, okay, do you want to start with Dante? Um, hello, we were so right. We were so right. Yes, about him returning, just so we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> And, okay, the one that blew my mind the most, I'm not going to lie, because when we were recording that podcast, the idea came to me, like, in the moment. I didn't have it in my notes. The whole Cyrus hospital situation. Yeah, that is very true. Um, I really hope that occurred to me this week, that that was something you said on our last (laughs) podcast, that he would funnel. It sounded crazy. Like, I felt like if that were to happen, it would be very dark. And then it did. And I don't know why I didn't remember that. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe because it sounded familiar that I expected it to happen. <laughs> I was mind blown. I was like, oh my God, I'm so good at this. <laughs> yeah, you just sort of threw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, was really mind blown. Okay, there is something that I feel like we've said. And mm-hmm. it's I it, it hasn't come to fruition completely. But I feel, could they actually be hinting at this? And so I'm so scared. I was like, at what? At what? I don't even want to say it. Okay. Okay. So ages ago, 
you and I were talking about Jason and we were talking about the PCPD because him and Sam at one point had been so heavily involved with criming from a different angle like helping (laughs) and so and there was an episode where they even let Jason um question like a like a like a criminal like an arrestee what do you call them somebody was arrested (laughs) a suspect (laughs) (laughs) an arrestee Okay, um, so he got to question Harmony, and we were talking about this concept of, like, Jason, a cop, could that ever happen, blah, 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 and uh-huh. then, and yet, I mean, you watch, so I know you know where I'm Whoa. going, but then in yesterday's yes. episode, it was just bizarre, okay, first of all, Jason seemed oh. different in the sense that he was playful, like, the facial expressions he was making to Chase, like, nope, uh-huh. not talking to you, like, first, when he did that, I'm like, that's out of character, and then Jordan brings up the whole, like, you could have been a cop in another life, blah, 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 and then he had that, like, funny reaction, but it's just, I don't know, could he have another life? Okay, but here's the thing. She also said you had cognitive damage. And I see yes. why you chose Sunny as a mentor and how that made your life easy. Like, now that you're saying it, I have goosebumps all over. Well, now that you're saying it, it is. But like, I did, <laughs> I did think it was bizarre that she was like, you had cognitive deficits. It's like, I'm, like, I don't know. Like, to me, it's been ages since that. You know what I mean? To be talking about that now, to now bring up his origin story he's been Jason Morgan for like forever and I feel like that on top of the whole a lot of the parenting conversations that Carly and Sam were having combined Mm -hmm. with this it just felt interesting like I didn't know if this was going to be a move Jason would do naturally or if it would literally be like a brain thing for the millionth time like how is he alive like just generally like I don't know how many times like his brain has been hurt no I find it very interesting that like they we talked about Jason being on the right side of the law like we've we've talked about this on like a number of occasions and I'm just like I'm so shocked at all the things that are happening like they're for sure listening, guys. I'm starting to think so. That Okay, then, then there's so much more I should be saying if they're going to be listening. <laughs> okay, so super happy to see Dante. Super happy to see him. Like, I couldn't stop being happy to see him on the screen. <laughs> especially when he's doing push-ups. That was great. Yes, like, especially all of the face that we were seeing. Like, all of it. I was like, <laughs> yes. Especially all of the face. Like all of looking at him was just was just amazing. Like he, so now we know where he keeps his letters under his, Well, at the end of his bed. <laughs> so, like, I understand what he was trying to say. You know, he feels super dangerous, and he doesn't think he can be healed. But like, at least try. Yeah, it, like I found he was in such a dark place. Like he had such a psychotic laugh when he was like, "Yep, I could be here forever." And I was just like, <laughs> "What is happening?" And he was just so blasé about the whole thing. But at the same time, like seeing. Seeing him, it was like it made me see Lulu differently. You know what I mean? It's almost like Dante was balancing her out. And it was obvious that he still loves her and misses her. Yes, Dante definitely, like, balanced things out with him and Lulu. I just, like, when he had that memory of, like, (laughs) that flashback of Lulu was like, I'm going to wait for you forever. Actual time, five months. (laughs) Oh, I I felt... I felt so horrible about that. 
because I was literally writing in my notes because I think at this point Lulu had bumped into Lucy at the hospital. Okay. And so they were talking about Dante. And and I was thinking, and I was literally writing this down. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like in this case, when it came to Dante, she does annoy me sometimes that I truly felt she was right in the choice that she made about her marriage. And then they flashed to the memory he had <laughs> of her saying I that know. she would be forever. And I was like, oh. But then at the same time, in the same vein, you still have him telling the doctor, just leave me here forever. Like, based on how he left Lulu, I think it's, like, reasonable that he's, like, pretty good chance she's still waiting for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, and, that's, and that's why it was kind of funny. It wasn't, like, putting blame on one or the other. It was just, no. like, he has this wonderful flashback. He obviously loves her. He had that stress dream about, like, shooting her again, the same dream he had when he was at home. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but at the same time, he wants to stay locked in his room with a tiny pencil and a pad of paper. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I was afraid he was, like, locked up. So I was Me happy too. the doctor was like, you should get out. Like, you can come out. I was like, <laughs> it's funny because I was thinking that at the exact same time that that scene happened. But now, like, I can't help but think about what Knitting the Blue said. So this is, so this is what she had said about Dante and all that... Um, fear he has of harming someone so okay. she had said this is part of her comment mm-hmm. um so remember how everyone except Anna and Robert are the only ones who know that Dante isn't really being treated for PTSD but for being programmed to kill someone but we never knew who and it was unclear exactly who programmed him and why what if it has something to do with Cyrus and I like that comment blew my mind and I had like like, this was posted, like, I had read this maybe, like, a week ago, and then the episode started, and I can't help but think that that's ex- very true, because one of the last scenes they showed of Dante in that first episode, mm-hmm. it, it transitions to Cyrus, and obviously that's also another main story happening right now, <laughs> but I think she's totally right when it comes to that, that this is related to Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Cyrus programmed him, I just think he might be programmed to kill Cyrus, and that he doesn't exactly know, like, he doesn't know what's happening, yes. so a part of me thinks that yes he's scared he's gonna hurt somebody I don't think he will I think these are maybe fragments of flashes of whatever trauma happened to him like during Mm -hmm. his programming like basically he's remembering that he's programmed like that he's gonna do something bad but I don't think he realized that he's programmed until let's say it happens actually this has happened before yes that's what I was just gonna say he was programmed to kill whatever so it's like not until he sees Cyrus or something draws him back Will he Mm -hmm. know what he was supposed to do? And then he'll feel super safe again once he (laughs) kills Cyrus, hopefully. I don't know. (laughs) Wouldn't that be the quietest, like, of all of the people to, you know, take... Go ahead. (laughs) React. React. (laughs) Because now I'm thinking about, like, when Jason made his, like, comeback. Like, he dropped through a ceiling and then he was just, like... I'm gonna go after Sam or shoot somebody. But like that's the thing. Like, what if that's just how Dante comes up? He just comes <gasps> comes okay. at like this this crucial moment where he gets Cyrus and everyone's like, what just happened? And then Jason arrests him. Oh. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I get it now because not only is it weird that he's a cop, but Dante was a cop. Right? That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so since we were talking about Dante, 
Let's talk about Olivia and Nedley for a second. Okay, so typically <laughs> this is something I would just gloss over. I'd be like, whatever. But they interested me this week. They really did. Like, Okay, so I felt bad for Olivia, you know, but it was interesting how she was putting it. Okay, so she's basically saying everyone else has moved on. And she's feeling hurt, like she's still mourning him. But then I can't help think, like, because of all the old episodes we've been shown, I can't mm-hmm. help but contrast what Olivia is saying about how everyone else has moved on. Like, basically, I'm hurting, and it's not a big deal to everybody else. And the nonchalant way she was to Carly when mm-hmm. Dante put Michael away. That scene at the Metro Court when Carly Ooh. was obviously hurt about Michael taken away. Like, no one could care about what happened to Michael the way she did. But then you have Olivia saying, nobody would be happier when he's free than Dante. And it's not your fault. And like, she didn't have that kind of care that Carly had for her own child the way she does right now for Dante. Right. That's a really, really good, very pointed observation. Because what I pulled out of her acting was on point. I liked all of the things she had to say. Ned didn't really have anything that was comforting. So I saw it kind of in a different way. But it kind of lends to what you're saying is that, you know, Carly had a... had a big circle of people around her to help her. But the way Olivia is speaking, she doesn't have anybody around her to help support except for, ding, 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 Robert's name comes back up. And we talked about, you know, Olivia being pushed towards Robert. So right now, yes, Olivia feels alone. She has zero support. And the only person she feels I can help her is Robert. So whatever it is mission that he may or may not go on to figure out Holly, maybe he's going to have Olivia on his arm. I think regardless, she's being pushed toward Robert or basically away from from Ted. But like, yeah, he totally missed the mark on that. Like, I felt like she was very on point when she was calling him on his stuff. Yes. um, On the whole family and everything. Like, I really like what she says. And I mean, of all the people to say that, I just think she has a unique perspective. Because the quarter means we all know that their philosophy on family. But she has a more grounded one. She has a more, (laughs) like, normal person perspective on family. So it's just interesting. Like, she's just sort of, like, the right person. She's, like, everyone's mother. And also, it was just just hilarious. It was hilarious watching Ned be really confused. It's like, you feel alone? And I just feel like (laughs) Olivia should have been like, yes, Ted, I feel alone. Like, what is the matter with you? Like, I'm not sure how making fun of psychics and her spirituality was helping him in that whole conversation. But what was even funnier was just his reaction to her, like his face when she started talking about how rich he is, like kind of just putting everything into perspective. Like you're fighting for this company, but it's like, even if you lost it tomorrow, you guys would still be so rich. And he was just kind of nodding like, yeah, yeah, we'd be so rich, (laughs) super rich. (laughs) It's like, where, like, where are your priorities at? And I don't blame her for questioning that. And I also don't blame New Brooklyn for thinking Maybe I should let Valentina watch everything <laughs> based on what Ned's saying. Because he's acting like he has no choice and is not true. Like, if I could let someone else take the reins, I'm sure you could find someone. Exactly. Like, I don't think it would be that hard to find somebody to replace you. There's the board. There's all the employees that probably work for you. Somebody would love a promotion. <laughs> so the thing is, until I read it on the internet, I did sort of notice that Brooklyn had been wearing, like, very loose like, a lot of those, like, uh, blazers. Yeah. Like, what do you call them? Like, suit things. <laughs> 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 but it wasn't, it wasn't until I read it and looked at the episode, and I'm like, she is pregnant. I didn't yeah. So it's her third baby. I read sweet. that, too. I was like, aw. So we have, like, a lot of new 
faces. You know what I was really excited about? The what? voiceover that says, the role of Sam is yes. now going to be. <laughs> it was so exciting because I think it happened on day one. Yes. It was, it was so, so, so exciting. So since you're talking about Brooklyn, one of the other things that we were talking about and kind of like bantering about is Brooklyn working with Valentine. And it's happening, dude. It's really happening. It is. So it wasn't in the way that we thought, but yes. again, they are, they seem to be establishing this mentorship relationship. And I know that she keeps checking with him to be like, okay, so you can do this for us too. Like what you're doing for deception, what you did with Castaline Industries. And based on her, her bringing that up, I feel like we might see more of that. Like, I feel like maybe she might pick his brain for a little bit more. Well, exactly. And even though she's not, she's not like here's what bothered me it's like ned said to her something like you weren't meant to work there or you know you weren't a good fit for there but the thing is he also said to her early on that she is really smart and she did have a lot to say and could contribute a lot but he yep. kind of pegs her into a hole so if valentine like you said there's this whole mentorship she is obviously smart and wants the company to succeed yes her passion is music but I think a little bit like Ned in the end, like music is going to be in her life for a period of time, but she's always going to have the business and the interest in the back of her head. I think so. I think so. And I, and I like that idea. I like Brooklyn basically just having it all and having more. And I'm yes. also super happy about what I'm seeing with Valentine because I just feel like I like him this way, like more than just the guy who visits me in his office. Like now I'm coming to find out that he's successful, that he was right? doing other things in those other hours of the day. Like I very <laughs> much love him, like who he has to mingle with. You know, there's Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't say I'm a fan of when he mingles with Nell, but there's also Alexis. Like, I feel like at some point we might see Alexis on board to one of his business ventures. Yes. Um, and then there's also Everybody Deception, which I think is like my favorite place to watch him play. It's my favorite place to watch how, like, how he changes the dynamic and how people react. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't see how you can continue to work together and not then become playful or more friendly that kind of a thing. So that's why I just find it's a difficult situation for Maxie to be in. Like, we all know how she feels about Lulu. It's her friend. But, yeah, she's not going to like the fact that, you know, Maxie will inevitably develop some type of respectful relationship with Brooklyn and Valentine. Um, which is kind of interesting because Maxie's with Peter. And there's a lot of people who don't like Peter, but she stands by that person. People have to like learn to live with the situation, just like how Lulu True. right now and a bunch of other people are going to have to try to figure out how to make this work. Because like Maxie said, like this is her life right now. This is her passion. Lucy brought her on board and like she is all in. I don't think anybody's opinion is going to make her waver. The point is, you know, I think Lucy did a really good job at telling her, you know, like, this is what we need to do in order to be successful. You need to put your personal stuff aside. Yeah, and I mean, look, Lucy stole this show. Like, I loved like, her little <laughs> comments when she was whispering to Maxie, abort, abort. So then Lucy ends up asking the funniest question ever to Sasha, which I feel so horrible for, by the way. The girl is like, not having a good life right now. But when she asked her, what's your secret? Because the pictures turned out so well. <laughs> drugs. It's all the drugs. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I really hope it's a one-time thing. But Mr. 20 Questions McGee, when we're watching the episode and Sasha finds Chase at the courthouse where yep. everyone is doing their police work nowadays. Um, she seems so wired. <laughs> I, yes. I personally think she was upset. Um, but Johnny was like, is she high right now? And I'm like, I don't know. 
but that's exactly what I thought to be honest like the way she was looking at him she was very out of character like usually she was she's just calmer and she just seemed like really frazzled and like in a huff to find him like oh I found you (laughs) (laughs) found you fast (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I feel like Chase is just so out to lunch like I feel like Chase is like I'm feeling pretty zen right now so I'm not picking up on any of your vibes like none of your super it's like support her like she's obviously like losing it she's not well you could see that she's feeling like heartbroken and obviously he's like the only one who understands what that feels like right now you know given what they did but he seems so like I'm pretty sure it's all gonna work out like I just didn't feel like he was on the same page with what what was happening like I feel like he was just not reading the room no, because I think he's lost in a different way. Like, he's burying his stuff in his work, and he's just not aware of anything around him. Like, you know, using, like, abusive power with Brooklyn and the way he was approaching Jason. So he's kind of lost, but in a different way. But what I think will bring them together is is that he will catch her in a situation where she's either contemplating taking drugs or in an overdose. Because the whole point is Cyrus is trafficking drugs and, like, makes places worse and then whatever. So I think she's one of those characters. And I also honestly think it's going to affect TJ, but we'll get to that. Um, But I think she's going to be in a really bad way. And that's when Chase is going to realize, you know, that he needs to help her and they're going to connect on that. I like that because I do feel like if they were to ever get together, they need something more right now because right now it's very friend vibe. It's very much like we did something that sucked and that's, (laughs) that's the depth of our bond. Like, yes. beyond that, there was no bond. Like, their bond was Michael and Willow. So that would be really interesting. And it sort of answers a question I had. And I don't think I mentioned on the podcast, but I've been thinking about it. Because mm-hmm. if Sasha, like, I was wondering where this would go for her and her story. Like, if Sasha went further with all this drug stuff, I was wondering, who would that pull in? She would need a friend. She would need a support. And I guess I wondered if this drug problem would push her toward Michael or push her away from him and toward, like, her new circle, basically, of people. Or person. Yeah, I think I think it's just going to push her towards Chase and that relationship becoming stronger. And just taking a turn, like you said, from friendship to maybe lovers, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's the goal. Like, that's what I was pretty sure we were talking about right there. So, so yeah. I, I think something will happen. Um, so, so, should we talk about Sam <laughs> and Eric? Okay. There is <laughs> there is so much to unpack here. Where would you like to start? Okay, so let's start from the beginning. So <laughs> it took me a minute to realize like she was Teresa from Passions because I knew she was familiar. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right? so I have to say this. She burst into that room and I just felt like, okay, I could hear Sam. Like I, I don't know how she did it because for somebody right? to step in at the last minute, and to take on, like, a long-standing character, I think that's, like, a really, really tough challenge. And I feel like she did an incredible job. Um, she came in and I felt like she had some of, a, like, a lot of Sam's mannerisms. But then yes. there were moments where I'm, like, because, like, look, she was very out there and she definitely pulled me in. But, like, when she, like, acted out, reenacted that slap of how she slapped Julian, I'm, like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't picture regular Sam doing that. I can't. I <laughs> but I feel like a lot... Of her acting, she did a really good job of, like, pulling from the Sam that we know. Yes, so incredibly amazing. Like, I, I I, wasn't seeing a different person. I was just really engulfed in the story and how she was yeah. just, like, really in it. 
she really was that I'm just like her conversation with Alexis I'm like what is happening oh here like what a, like I feel like you know when you run out of things to say because you're just trying to like not have the conversation because Alexis goes to Sam why aren't you trying harder with Jason and I'm like really that is like such a heavy and loaded thing to say given <laughs> the history which you know very well what it is because she doesn't want to go to jail is is what that is and then like when Sam asked Alexis like what's keeping you from meal I was like interest oh my god what do you mean (laughs) like we had one awkward date that they keep two awkward dates that they keep talking about i'm like the second one is not even a date they they accidentally went into each other it wasn't even planned and then they had sex but still whatever (laughs) (laughs) like i mean when they like when they had sex i was just taken aback because to me it just didn't follow logic like it didn't follow <laughs> anything like it like they never look interested in each other when they're together right it's like I mildly like you like it blew my mind watching them in the scene I'm like so you guys like don't like each other like there's not much happening here you've been on like a date and you both completely trashed your careers right? for one another to uh... express my like I think I'm mental state or maybe not. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, I was just like, whoa. Like, I would walk away from that train wreck. Well, it's like, oh, she was going to therapy to improve her, you know, relationships. Um, didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the worst, okay? Like, he I'm just going to say it. He's the worst, you know? And I feel like Julian really gave it to him. But it's just like when he went to the bar and they had that whole talk that he should have been... This is what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> You're so... <laughs> I'm amped up on this because when Sam confronted Neil, he's like, that's between me and Alexis. So I'm like, is it though? Because you, you took it to Julian. You took it to Julian. And that's what I don't like about him. It's like things didn't work out and he like didn't talk to her again. It was just like, it's over, I guess. Like he just disappeared. He just ghosted her as the young people say. (laughs) Exactly. So like, I am, I am not a fan of Neil's. He was blah. He didn't really show any passion for Alexis, even though he claims like, I'm so passionate. I'm willing to walk away from my career. But then he did lose his career and he seems not too happy about it. It doesn't (laughs) seem... It didn't seem worth it to him. No, he's like, damn, that wasn't as impactful or didn't have that, like, effect I wanted it to. And then he buys her a DVD. Like, I don't know. I was like, you're so lame. Like, you're so lame. And I think it was Cinnamon Dev who's like, did they just bring up Drag Bingo? I I think so. I actually laughed when I read that comment. I was just like, oh, it's super sad that that's all you have to draw on. Of, like, the relationship. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, Sam. So, so Valentin finally gets to talk to her. Yes. And, like, propose what he wants. Um, so, this is what I was thinking, but now I don't know, given, like, all of the Jason mm-hmm. events. Because I don't know where this is going. Because Sam took me aback with the conversation she had with, with Carly. Yes. So, that was really... Uh, my mind was alone um first of all i'm just happy that they're good sam and carly thing is look jason was gone for a long time and during that time sam and carly found a way to support each other to respect each other so i am happy that that was still intact and then i was blown away about the very very huge conversation they had 
this is the first time I've seen Sam take accountability mm-hmm. about her actions as it related to Shiloh. This was the first time I've watched her be honest with herself. Like we saw Christina confront her. And she hides behind, and even Carly was like, well, you know, you were doing it for your sister, you love your sister, your intentions were noble. And to have Sam admit what her real intentions were, I just thought was incredible. Like, to me, that was such a freaking real and raw conversation between Carly and Sam, and not to mention her saying, I wish we had this talk before (gasps) I I, I did everything with Shiloh. I had goosebumps, because the way she was so vulnerable and just soaking in everything that Carly was saying and, you know, Carly discussing uh, her relationship with Sunny and how that started. And something that Sam said really, really stuck out to me. She said something along the lines of some things work out for the best in ways you never anticipated. She did say that. And okay. You don't (laughs) find it bizarre. uh, The story, given their conversation, did you not find it bizarre, the story that Carly decided to tell about why her and Sunny got married in the first place? I did find it weird, but I didn't know where to place it in my mind with Sam's relationship well, with Jason. I, I was wondering, are you suggesting she get married? Right. That's that, what, was okay, that is what thing. I thought. <laughs> that is the simplest but, thing, but there yes. was no response to that. Like, that wasn't really taken, you know? So, so she has that conversation with Carly that I just think was freaking amazing to have mm-hmm. been had. But I had had this thought. So given Sam's conversation with Valentine, who's basically suggesting to do what Sam tried to do, but successfully. But then I wondered to myself, like, what if by the time this deal comes through, okay, and mm-hmm. Sam and, and, and Jason can be together, but it's too late. He's upset with her for putting herself above the kids, or let's just say that's how he sees it. He sees the vote as the kids' future. Because wasn't that an initial point of tension with them? You know what I mean? Like, indirectly. Like, he wouldn't stop reminding her that we need to put the kids first. We need to put the kids first. And then if he found out, you know, that you've given up the kids' votes so that we can be together, you know... And then not to mention how that would affect ELQ. And while Jason may not, you know, be into the family business, the lawyer had a really good point to Valentine by pointing out, but Michael loves ELQ and it looks like he would do anything for Michael. But now I don't know what to think because we knew how Sam was being when it came to Jason. But now out of nowhere, she sort of surprised us with this, with all of what she said to Carly about how she sees herself as a mother, that she knew that she's the most important parent to the kids. Because she was the one that's always been there. And so now I don't know about this theory, but that was my theory. What I think is interesting is that we always talk about that they can never be together. There always has to be this obstacle in order to keep them apart. So I could definitely see see it from his perspective and why he would think that she's prioritizing herself over the kids, but she's prioritizing them as a family. And he might not see it that way. And that's another kind okay. of rift in their relationship. Okay, that might be a way to ex- explain it because I had this thought, but then after the conversation with Carly, it looks like Sam had had this complete shift that maybe she is on the same page with Jason, that she finally understands this concept of putting the kids first. Because like she said, I am the main parent, you know, and even though Jason mm-hmm. is there and we're happy he's back, I'm always the consistent person. So for me, I'm just like, hmm, if she's saying all this, this doesn't sound to me like the kind of person who would 
you know, sign away, like do this deal with Valentine, but I can see why she would do it because mm-hmm. if Jason's life is, is on the line, she would want the whole family to be together. So I can really, I really do see, you know, your perspective of how you're saying it. Like what's, what would be Sam's motivation now for doing it? Like the more motivation, like a while ago, like before quarantine, mm-hmm. as opposed to like now are probably two different things before it would have been for her. Exactly. And now it would have been so the family could be together and so she could be there with the kids to support them with Jason. Exactly. And, you know, however, it was a very, like, raw, vulnerable, very serious moment. But in all of that, her conversation with Carly, one thing made me literally laugh out loud in that conversation. She's like, I wanted to get back. So Sam says to Carly, I wanted to get back. I wanted to con the con. I wanted to be the person I was before what I was good at. I'm like, but that con wasn't good what you did with Shiloh. <laughs> I know. I mean, I I really liked, I loved her take. I wanted to con the con. I was yes. like, that I could buy. That yes. I could buy is your motivation. Like, that makes sense. Like, now you're being honest. I get that. It finally felt like Sam was being real. Yes. But the whole, like, what I do well, I was like, mm, like you might have done it well before. <laughs> yeah. I'm it with you. I'm with you. Okay, so let's kind of go back because it was a really significant moment between Carly and Jason. And I'm not oh, talking wow. about then hanging out in the bedroom. I'm talking right? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like it was bizarre to me because it's like they're always in the living room, they have yes. a kitchen. And I'm to <gasps> believe that these mm-hmm. people who are rich, she's making the bed. I'm to believe that Carly was legit being like, oh, I'm just making the bed. Thanks for coming over up into my bedroom. This is where we have conversations. Maybe it's like a future, like a preview to the future. Uh Uh-huh. Wink, wink. I'm winking. You can't see it. But I mean, I just kept thinking like, I would want to talk to him. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my mind is going in funny places. I'm like, I'd like to talk in the bedroom and be underneath Dante when he's doing the push-ups. But you can take that out. Take that out. (laughs) Are you talking to Dante or me? (laughs) I am blushing. What are you doing? What did you think about? (laughs) What did you think about Jason and Carly in the kitchen talking, talking? In the kitchen. Okay, so we've moved to the kitchen. I was, I wasn't surprised that he picked Carly, but it's the words that he chose. As much as he loves both of those women, he describes them so darn differently. And the way he describes Carly is kind of the way you describe your partner for life. (laughs) What? Okay. 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 Walk me through it. Walk me through it. Because he's like, you're somebody I trust. You're somebody who knows what I want. Like, he's like, it's basically Sam's the mother of my children, but you you know me. I trust you. You will do the right thing. <laughs> like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Well, I couldn't help but think about um, that time in their history when he once again had a brain injury and <laughs> had to have surgery. And Sam kept Carly from visiting him. And oh. she didn't want him to know that Robin died. Oh, and I believe I posted about this, like, during, like, all of the, the reruns mm-hmm. that um, they got into a fight about it because Carly broke into the room and told them about Robin. And him and Sam got into a fight. And he's like, so maybe Carly does know you better. And he turns around going, maybe she does. O-M-G. 
which was pretty which was pretty significant back then because of all the back and forth with Sam and Carly and again like I said I felt like the narrative in the past was about Carly being needy around Jason and it being more everyone acted like she forced the friendship right and I just don't find like that's the narrative we're seeing now when we're watching the show I think we're watching it we're seeing it being a lot more reciprocal as I've been saying and I feel like we're seeing a lot more of Jason leaning on Carly so it's just really interesting you know you saying all of this because when you think about how could these two ever end up together it's like we're at a place where he's really making it distinct who these people are to him who like Sam and Carly are, but okay. And I know some people can look at that and just think these are like amazing best friends. And I could see how you can see that, you know, they have a beautiful friendship. They have a long history, but Mm -hmm. when I see all of that, you know, and you contrast it with Willow's testimony. Yes. Okay. About, you know, what they have, which she has with Michael, when we can very Mm -hmm. well see that that's the basis for a marriage and for a romantic relationship and for a future together. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know. I can't help but see everything going on between Jason and Carly as a potential for something more and less about establishing this like amazing friendship. Like I'm so not he, sure this was mm-hmm. ce- this was about celebrating the the friendship. No, exactly that. And I think with everything that happened with Jason and the accident, that may shift things. You know, her attention's going to be on Jason. What if Jason asked for her first and her only? Oh my gosh, I don't know. But it's funny that you're saying that because even when it comes to Sunny and Mike, like right now we know where Mike, where Sunny is going to be pulled. Mm-hmm. My, like, you know what I mean? Like Mike is at a critical time. Like this is where, you know, this is where his head is at. And now that you're saying this, you know, Carly will have a different place to be. And we've seen over time that when it comes to Mike, it's Sunny. Yep. And then there's Carly and Jason somewhere else. And they know better than to, like even even going to talk to him about the feeding tube. They also knew that like he wouldn't listen to them. Like there's such a separation between Sonny and Carly and Jason. And I just have to say like the conversation between Elizabeth and Sonny was just amazing. Like that woman said all of the right things. She was really able to confront him in Mm -hmm. a way that he heard her. And to be honest, for him to have heard that, it would have had to be anybody but Carly or Jason. And I think- I mean, I commend Felix. The poor guy was doing his best <laughs> to be as subtle as possible. And he's like, well, they did it. And it didn't really like he was like trying to give Sunny all of this information. But I think between Felix and like Elizabeth really cementing things like those are his people when it comes to Mike. You know what I mean? I feel like there's there's Sunny and then there's all the people that have treated Mike. And I have talked about this before that I feel like. I think it would be really nice that all the people like that have treated Mike, like so for instance, Felix, um, Elizabeth, that they be part of this with yes. with Mike toward his end. So I feel like Sonny will have his own group and his own support on that end, which mm-hmm. leaves Carly on the other end with Jason. And we don't know how that's gonna work out. And now that I'm thinking about that conversation between Carly and Sam, because there's so much from that conversation, you know, yes. Carly made a point and she's she's repeated this. And I felt like it really hit Sam. Like, I don't think she's ever seen Carly say that there was a limit to her relationship with Sonny. Because she, so she, she said that to Joss. But I feel like she repeated it to Sam. Like, yeah, I'm with Sonny to a point. I am not about to take these risks anymore. And while Sam understands mm-hmm. the importance of her presence in her kid's life, but did Sam really express that she understands that she can't take risks? 
Like, it's almost like when I'm looking back at this, and I don't know if it's just because we're having this conversation, that mm-hmm. looking back, I'm, what I think I'm remembering is very much Sam acknowledging that realistically it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure it's like a deep lesson in the way Carly is. Like Carly's at a different place where she's like, I'll walk away from Sunny if I have to. And yes. no, I'm not about to take these risks. But I feel like Sam is on the cusp of really getting that, but not fully there. Oh, 100%. So I wonder what that means. Like when we see Carly about, you know, living a safer lifestyle. Yes. And we have Jason, we're joking around about him being a cop. Exactly. I'm really wondering, I feel like there might be this major, major shift to come. Yes. (laughs) It's so exciting. So crazy. We just wrote all the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, everything between Sunny and Elizabeth was really incredible. Right? Okay, but when they were first sitting that down next to each other, they just sort you know, like when in soap they just stare at each other. Yep. And then it comes to commercial. And I just remember thinking, like, I feel like the most awkward part of being actor is like not the love scenes, but like the length of time you spend staring at each other silently. Like to me, that is just <laughs> so freaking awkward. It's awkward to watch, and I can't even imagine being there in real time, like just staring at somebody for such a long time. Are you gonna do that the next time I see you? No! <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna run away. I'm gonna run away. <laughs> or I'll close my eyes. <laughs> and then Johnny's gonna walk by and be like, what in the world are you two doing? <laughs> <laughs> Recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay. So Curtis. Um, our friend Curtis um, always um, one um, step behind, <laughs> Mr. Medler. If he can't lecture Jordan, he'll lecture um, TJ. What's his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if he can't, if he can't lecture Jordan or Stalker, he does it to TJ. And then I love how TJ like pinged Curtis back on his mom. He's like, maybe you should be lecturing mom about all these things. Why now? <laughs> I gotta get back to work. <laughs> But okay, so even, even though I think it's really funny that it's true, he just shifted his energy to TJ. Mm-hmm. What he was saying was very kind of bang on. And that's why I think yeah. that, you know, we all know that Curtis had an addiction problem. And with TJ kind of spreading himself thin and not really still acknowledging the fact that he was kidnapped oh, and was away all. from his family and all of that, and just kind of working through it and spending time with Molly, I think he's going to be our next person for a drug problem. No, I don't want that. That's, that's okay. <laughs> that's that's how I feel about it. I don't have nothing else to say on the topic. Um, but I will I will say this. Like, is it just me? Because like Curtis is acting like, oh my gosh, I gotta find her. But it's like he's acting like he doesn't know what's really happening right like he, okay. Like, I'm, just like, I'm like I'm like you know that Jordan is under. Cyrus's thumb and you guys are working with Sunny like she'll probably be doing like mysterious virus stuff (laughs) like I just thought it was weird like him running around like that it's like his Curtis character forgot with all this time that passed (laughs) it's just a lot like he's pulling a Valentine you know what I mean like just always being there that we forget he has a job or can do anything else um (laughs) so Like, even his conversation with Jordan, she's like, sorry, you called. I just didn't answer. And he's like, I... <laughs> I was like, I just, I 
hate the way that it's making Curtis look. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, he comes off super ridiculous in this whole scenario. Yes, his worry for his family is completely justified. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, all the people involved, like, Jason, Sonny, and Jordan, I mean, they don't help because they kind of make it clear, like, you're not super needed in this equation. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And I don't think that helps how he feels because he feels obviously not in control of the safety of his family. No, so he, like, overcompensates in all the wrong ways. That's not helpful. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's funny, but it's not helpful to anybody. Well, it was helpful to Jason because he found him. Yes! Yes! We're all super grateful. Like, I like the thing is, it's because I've been watching soaps for so long. Like, yes, I was shocked when I saw Jason, and I was like, (laughs) no! But at the same time, I'm like, he's obviously gonna live. But still... How well, many brain injuries? Well, that's why I kind of laughed at myself because the scene right before is like Carly and Sam saying, it's not like we're ever going to have to use this power of attorney thing. And then the next scene is Jason on the ground. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I did not expect that. And I'm like, wait a second. Of course I expected that. They just said it. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what it was. Because I'm like, to me, I'm like, I just don't buy that any harm can come. But my gosh. Okay, so now... <laughs> So now, Jason's down. Cyrus is saying all he needs to do next is put a bullet between Sonny's eyes. And I'm just thinking, Sonny's like, I got you right where I want you. (laughs) (laughs) With his his plan for Cyrus to let his guard down. I'm like, what is happening here? And it was, like, super awkward because, um, hello, Brando, what did you do? Because he tells Hmm. Sonny... You know, mm-hmm. oh, Cyrus is here and he mentions Lulu, but I'm like, wait a second, you didn't mention the fact that Cyrus said he wasn't there for his car. And then Brando even has that memory while Sonny is there of Cyrus saying that he's not <laughs> here for his car. And then Brando keeps making funny looks about Jason. It's like, what do you think's going to happen? Because we're, they're at the hospital and Sonny's like, so Jason was at the garage? And Brando's <laughs> like, I fixed his bike. Oh my gosh. You know what I was thinking in my head? Like, it's super silly. I'm like, Cyrus knows about Molly, and he threatened that he's going to tell everybody. (laughs) That's like the saddest, the saddest blackmail ever. But Shurs off 1005 said, I have never trusted Brando. I think he works for Cyrus, and that's why he came to town. I don't know. Like, I mean, I always, I, basically, I never wanted to believe that he was a bad guy, but Same. I'm not sure that he's 100% a bad guy. Like, I don't really think he's a bad guy. I think he's, like, the opposite. Like, maybe he's undercover for something else, and he was trying to take down Sonny and Cyrus or something like that. Like, I really cannot picture him working for Cyrus. Like, obviously, he would have to have something on him the way he does, like, for Jordan. Yes. But, okay, this comment I thought was super interesting. So, KZ28 said this. Cyrus is super annoying. Can we just get Ava, Sunny, Jason, and Julian to take him down? Because that would be fire. But I'm just thinking that's interesting. Because (laughs) if Jason is down, Mm -hmm. what if he does work with the Jerome? I mean, Ava. Because I don't know what Julian can bring to the table that I'm sure he can assist. (laughs) Not really. He fumbles everything he does. I know, I know. But I just thought that was an interesting type of backup to have. If Julian and Ava were involved, I would hope that it is the one time that there's some positive, well, quote-unquote positivity on Julian. Like, he actually, like, completes the mission and does it properly. It comes (gasps) out, like... Did you just say complete the mission? I did. Is that not the thing that Dante repeats constantly? Oh Oh my god, it's in my head. They got to me. (laughs) But, like, I feel like... 
I feel like you saying that is a clue. Even though you're not. <laughs> I, I live in London, Ontario, not Port Charles. <laughs> I know, but in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, complete the mission. Dante will complete the mission. We don't even need to talk about it anymore because now we know everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, I'm glad we got that result. I really am. <laughs> and check. <laughs> okay, so I can't believe it's taken us this long to, to get there. <laughs> okay, but freaking Nina. Nina. Oh my gosh. My jaw dropped. So starting, like, Jade comes back on. Yeah. Back in that courtroom. Everyone's mm-hmm. back in their same old outfits. I'm ready. <laughs> And Nina opens her mouth, and that is not what I expected <laughs> at all. Like, I feel like we've been so abused by Nell, like, <laughs> everyone as a whole, that yes. I think that we all expected her to win. Even though, at the start, I did sort of had a little bit of hope, but I was all sketchy about it. I'm like, the judge doesn't seem to like her. Like, the judge seemed <laughs> to think, like, didn't seem to be buying into her the way other people did. But again, I was still convinced that somehow she was going to talk her way out of it all. And even after she lost her mind in the courtroom, she's like, I'm just passionate. The judge is going to see my passion. And I was like, what is happening? But yeah, Nina blew me away. Like, that was satisfying. That was so satisfying. Like, and even more satisfying was watching how Carly was satisfied. Like, watching Carly react to it all was amazing. Yes, I felt like Carly. Like, the first instant was shocked, but then the rest of the scene, I was just big smile. Like, yes, keep going, Nina. Just, like, give it to us. Tell us everything you want to say. Right? Because that is not the impression she left us with at all. No. And I am so impressed by her. And I literally, I had to rewind and I just kept watching it over and over. And I loved watching <laughs> Nell have that breakdown. Like, I, you know, I didn't think, like, especially Nell, she had the conversation with Nina. And then to have her call her on what she did with Julian, and I loved, like, his smirk. It was like he was semi-cleared from the douchery, thanks to Nina. <laughs> I don't know how much that'll save him, but I think it definitely, like, helps. And one of my favorite parts was when Martin objected to Nina. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, and I love how he forgot that, like, Diane could just be like, what was it you were trying to say? <laughs> It was just so good, and I find it hard to believe that the judge would rule in her favor because they're not there for partial custody or a custody arrangement. They're there for yes. one thing. They both want sole custody. But for crying out loud, like, now she just drives me. Like, she's such an interesting character. We love her. We hate her. We love to hate her. All that fun stuff. But she shows up an hour late for her visitation. Like, does she think that's going to, like, go in her favor? Like, I know she's plotting this whole kidnapping, blah, 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 part two. But at the same time, like, show up on time. At least try to look like a good person and then kidnap the baby. I know. And that's what I mean. Like, I've just been taken in by Nell so many times that, like, I forgot that that amazing stuff, like, happened at the courtroom. Because she walks in and she she really makes you believe, like, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm late, but that's not a thing. You're right? making it, the environment hostile. And then she kept touching the, the stuffies. And I'm like, what is she doing? Like, I, I thought know. she was going to put a camera in it. Then she put a GPS tracker. And I'm like, well, that sucks. Because, you know, like, hopefully when she finds Wiley, he'll always be with an adult is what you can hope for at this point. But I'm just so annoyed. Like, how many times are you going to try to kidnap him? Like, it can't work. Like, he cannot be kidnapped. He can't. 
no, he can't. Like, let's have one kid not be kidnapped. That would be super awesome. But yeah, I was super annoyed. I'm like, guys, like, you're smart enough to know that she's being weird. She's being weirder than usual. Check your toys. Yeah, like, check, <laughs> check your toys. I mean, just keep an eye on her, like, for real. And I just, I mean, I loved Nell and Nina's conversation. Like, I think Johnny was asking me, he's like, so she's not going to work there anymore? And I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> think she's going to continue to work there anymore. Um, but, like, I just thought it was interesting who was the one sort of presenting Nell with that mirror. Because how many people have tried to talk to her? But it's just really interesting because it's almost like Nina has a way talking to her mm-hmm. and calling her on her stuff in such a clear way that no one else has been able to do. Right? Like, I felt that in the scene as well. Like, of course, the necklace made a resurgence in the courtroom and then in Nina's office, and then it was on the ground, all that jazz. But it was incredibly symbolic, as we know, because we think that they're mother and daughter. And and when, like, Nina, uh, sorry, Nell reacts to Nina in such a vastly different way than, let's say, Carly would. Carly really pushes Nell's buttons, obviously. Yeah. She has this animosity towards her for things that are kind of not real. Yes. But when Nina talks, I don't know, there's something about, like, the eye contact she makes with her. Just even, like, her 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 body, the way she stands and how close she's standing to Nell and the eye contact and how she's speaking to her. Like, it's very much, like, a mother being well, very, very direct with their child. Yeah, like, she's, basically, she's treating her like a person. Like, like even though they're on, it looks like they're on opposite sides, she is mm-hmm. treating her like she cares. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. why? Because, like, she's not coming from the same place as Carly so in a way it doesn't seem apparent but she is doing the thing she keeps talking to Jax about supporting Nell is probably going to turn out differently than she anticipated like doing what she did I find was supporting Nell having her be the one to call her and all that stuff and like you said having Nell sort of hear it like obviously she's not going to process everything she's not going to change right away but she certainly heard more I think from Nina than she ever has from anybody else. Like somebody really calling her on all her, um, like you said, pretend animosity about Carly. Like her saying, like Carly can't stand that I know who she really is. Like she was really on another planet there. I know. It was. It was really. It was really crazy. And when she calls Nina a spoiled rich girl, I think it really proves the fact that for her, she doesn't think you ever have to work for anything. Exactly. But she doesn't realize that no matter who you are, you still have to put the work in. That's a very good point because we talked about the different characters and how they've evolved. You know, like how Nina, she even was trying to tell Jax, you know, like, this is what I did. And he's like, no, no, like, we don't need to talk about it. But how far she's come because she realized what she did. It was growth. She realized she needed to change and she worked on herself the same as Carly. But exactly that. Nell just thinks, well, if I have money, this will change. If I have this child, then I will become this mother. But it doesn't work like that. Exactly. And so this is why I feel like it's a false comparison that all these women who've made past mistakes keep making when they compare themselves to Nell. So I have a question about when Jax and Nina were talking. Okay, so what do you Mm -hmm. think about what Jax said? He said to her, I'm proud of you. You showed your true colors. What does that even mean? I think Jax sees Nina in a very specific way. And if memory serves me correct, which it doesn't always, um, that he was, you know, talking up Nina, that how she's a good person now, but she keeps trying to tell him that she wasn't always this person, but he really very much ignores her past and focuses on who she is now and wants her to stay true to the person she is now. So I think him and saying that statement is like, you are still like following this path of being a good person. Like, yay, you. But, okay, I just have to say this, like, again, I just don't see how, what it means seeing your true colors. Yes, yeah, she's a good person now, but even when she was talking about Nell, 
she was never intending on lying. Yeah. She was never intending on doing any of that. It was really just a question of whether or not she should give her the benefit of the doubt and try to be her friend and try to support her. And she was exactly. really honest with Nell that when it comes to the court, like she didn't have dirt. She little, like she legitimately did not have dirt to really give Carly at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was honest with Nell saying that I can't make something up. But obviously in private and in talking with Jax, she was sort of constantly struggling with this comparison that she was making. So I thought it was so bizarre and I felt like such a disconnect. It, it kind of mm-hmm. to me almost felt, it felt like here's Jax doing that thing he does where he falls for a girl who's like a type and not like the person she actually is. Yep. Like the person that needs saving, the person he needs to build up. And I think he's still treating her that way. And while she falls every now and again, Nina can stand on her own. Exactly. And that's the problem. He wants the strong woman, but he wants he wants the the weak character at the same time. I had to like really think about what it meant and, and why he said that at that point. So Maxie is at the <laughs> point where she's thinking she's sort of kind of a lot pregnant. Yep. <laughs> okay. So because that's the thing because we didn't know whether it was going to be Molly or Maxie. So this is pretty interesting. That's true. I forgot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's Maxie. Um, okay. She's admitted that she's taken three pregnancy tests. However, we didn't see her open that envelope. Right. But I'm gonna go with that. She's pregnant. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with well, that. It, it makes things comp- complicated with Peter and Anna and Robert and all of that. So, like, I rather that play out than Molly being pregnant. Me too. I I really do. But at the same time, like I said before in one of our other podcasts, like I just feel like her pregnancy, in a sense, mm-hmm. sort of lets us have a concept of where Peter's character is going. That to me, the way I see it is that if they're having a baby together, yeah. I think inevitably some bad stuff about Peter is going to come out, but then Mm -hmm. his real chance at happiness will then present itself. Like, I think to me, if she's pregnant and he's going to be a dad, they're going to be a family. I think ultimately Peter will become the good guy he wants to. So to me, I see it as the happy ending for Peter, even though it may be a bumpy road Hmm, to get there. And so I just thought it was hilarious because everybody's at the hospital for Jason. So at this point, like everyone is aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. and What I thought was really interesting is, okay, so Carly kind of gives Peter a veiled threat at the Metro Court. (laughs) Then Carly physically, like, grabs Peter when he's kind of like, you know, she knows how Sam feels about the guy and he's pissing her off. And so I like that she grabbed him because it made made me kind of laugh because it's like the only character that Carly can actually grab and touch. (laughs) Because I was watching to see what would happen when Sunny would approach and mm-hmm. I noticed that, like, you know, there's a bit of a distance. So I just thought the, the whole thing was uh, really funny to me to watch the proximity between her and Peter and know their real-life relationship. Mm-hmm. And also what made me laugh is that Peter thought, okay, because, like, Maxie wanted to go check on the family. And Peter's like, they want to be alone right now. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that was meant for anyone else other than you. At exactly. This, <laughs> at this point. But I don't know what you think about this because like we've seen a lot of old episodes and we've noticed that whenever there's been any type of Corinthos chaos that somehow Maxie is involved with the family on the periphery. Whether she's narrating the situation that's happening, talking about it, she's somehow present in a crisis. And it was just, that's all I kept thinking about when she walked out of the elevator and saw that something was going on. Is once again, she's sort of on the periphery, but still very much connected to this family. Oh my gosh, so connected. And then we haven't even seen Spinelli come into this situation No. Yet. 
Mm-hmm. And when yeah. and when he does, you know, like Maxie's going to be his support, and that's going to that's really going to burn Peter because he's not allowed in that circle. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Like I forgot that connection. So this time it could very much be about like the her storyline, Spinelli, and all that stuff. Okay. So when Maxie's like pregnant, I was just like, so that's her third baby daddy. But then I started to wonder. Are there any siblings in the show with the same parents? Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh. I don't think there are any children on General Hospital who have the same parents. That's really funny. <laughs> because I just, I was going through, like, my mental checklist. Like, okay. Because she's part kids. of the club. Right? Like, oh, right. Like, you know, she's, yeah. Alexis, Carly, Elizabeth. Because, <laughs> like, just... like, it. That, that's what I mean. Like, not yep, yep. anybody who are siblings have the same moms or the same dads. Well, to be fair, Sam thought that it was. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a pass, though. 100% okay. she gets a pass on that. So she sort of has Jason's two children. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. It's not like, it's not that they just have, like, different baby daddies. It's the fact that, like, their baby daddies are often related. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Anyways, I just think that's super funny. Super funny. Brother cousins. Oh, yeah. I was going to save them. Like, it's been a while. It's been a while. Should I pop it out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's going to be super funny. So, lady, do you have a favorite line of the week? I don't have a favorite line, but I have a favorite person that I'll give a gold, <laughs> a gold thumb to, a gold star. <laughs> thumb I love it so much. <laughs> They're made up rating <laughs> to, to Lucy because basically a lot of what she did was super funny and hilarious this week. Oh my gosh, I totally agree with you. And my favorite line of Lucy's was "Shut the door." <laughs> Yes, yes, I was screaming. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so good. I loved it. Well, lady, we did it. It's a hundred episodes. Yes. Have a wonderful weekend, and that's a wrap for us. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>